The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Major League Baseball's Midsummer Classic remains the most watched all-star game in all the major pro sports, even though it drew record lows in viewership. The game, though, was the most watched program on TV Tuesday night and outdrew the three other major all-star games that were played. I tuned in, but just to say that I did. The home run derby outdraws the all-star games of all the other leagues. The MLB's figured it out. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, Canada and uh, Canadian sports fans in the United States of America. Happy Friday, and welcome to a very special day here on the RP Show, because it's Friday. And uh, if you want to talk football for an hour, you've come to the right place. And then if you want to hear from a member of Hockey's First Family, you've also come to the right place. Uh, Coming up in Hour 1, Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun, Calgary Stampeders beat writer. And you're going to see Moose in a moment. And in Hour 2... God willing, and I have no reason to think this won't happen, Rich Sutter will be with us. Not the, I think he is the youngest, actually, of the Sutter clan. Rich Sutter will be with us right here at Great Eagle Resort and Casino as we wrap up our 16th week of our residency here at Calgary's Entertainment Destination. So that's the roadmap. Let's bring in the Moose now from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, and I will just simply say this, Moose, you're smiling. Everything seems to be good with you. Have I read that correctly? A thousand percent. Yeah, everything. Everything's great. And uh, happy Friday to you and everybody watching. Awesome. Hey, I'm in a fantastic mood. So let's get right down to it. Director Jordan, can you please hit the quick six show horn? By the way, I wouldn't say we are producer less today. We are producer Clark less today. So Ryan, the rock Baracko. Yeah, is in the big chair. Glad to have you Rocco. Okay, so point number one of the quick. Yeah, let's get into it. Number one, we're going to open with a Thursday night doubleheader in the Canadian Football League, and we're going to shift around to the National Football League because that pertains to our poll question today, the NFL. But Thursday night, if you watched it, and I watched most of the games, the Montreal Alouettes pulled even with the Toronto. Boo! Look at that. Here we go. Who's got the itchy trigger finger there? The Alouettes pulled even with the Toronto Argonauts (laughs) atop the CFL's East Division with their second win of the season, 40-33 over the Ottawa Red Blacks at TD Play Stadium. 21,000 and change there at the game. If you're following attendances, the uh, Trevor Harris of the Alouettes, our good buddy, threw for 341 yards and two touchdowns for the Owls, whose owner, Gary Stern, says he's going to come on this show every week if it means his team is going to win after he appears (laughs) after getting the RP bump. Go check his Twitter. Go check his Twitter. He's saying that. And uh, the Red Blacks have yet to win now 
through six games this season. So for anybody who watched that game, the last couple minutes were bonkers. They had the command center in Toronto, the guys in the little office, overruling the refs on the field, picking flags up and then calling penalties on their own, and there's drop passes. I'm like, what is going on? It's chaos. Well, that's the CFL. So before we get into that, Paul Lapolis, how worried should he be that his team is 0-6? How long do they stick with Lapo? Yeah, he should be worried, absolutely, because you're going to be judged on results, period. But if I'm, you know, Mark Gowdy and I'm the ownership group in, in Ottawa, I, I'm, I, I still have some, some patience here with this organization, with Paul Lapolis at the helm, uh, because of how they're playing. They're playing better than the record shows. And, yeah, they've gone through the quarterback struggles, but, you know, Caleb Evans still put together a pretty good effort last night. And what's he going to do when a star receiver drops a sure touchdown in the end zone to tie the football game? Now, you know, it was still only to tie the game. You still hadn't guaranteed anything, but you went toe-to-toe with Montreal, who's not a world beater by any means. They're not at the top of the standings. But again, Paul's got his team ready to compete, and they're doing enough to be in the football game. But at some point, you got to get over the hump. Well, this is why I don't want to be a team owner or a team general manager. Never tried to be, never wanted to be, because I love Lapo. I love my people, and I don't ever want to fire them. Mind you, I've fired people off my website that have worked for me, and I don't have a problem with it if I believe they need to go. Sports teams are a little different. So I'm glad that I don't have to make a decision if I'm Sean Burke, the general manager. But obviously, Lapo's worried. You could see it in his eyes on the sidelines during the game. And then you could see it afterwards at his news conference. He's not GM Sean Burke's guy. But I guess my question to the fans, that might have been a good poll question. I just couldn't have it in my heart to do it. Should the Ottawa Red Blacks make a coaching change? You can write in in the chat if you want or text us on the 902 line. You said it. How do you blame the head coach when a guy like Darvin Adams drops the potential game-winning touchdown with 25 seconds to go? How, how do you blame the coach for that? I guess it's a little things add up to big things, right? So that was not an isolated incident, Darren. But I, it's just a, it's a very, hey, Danny. Ver, Danny's in the building. Danny is here. <laughs> Danny Austin has made it. So I guess that's, I'm, that's a rhetorical question, I guess. How worried should Paul Lapolis be? And Moose says, very. Uh, by the way, it's Friday, and our warm-up's brought to you by, in part, Edo Japan. With more than 160 restaurants nationwide, Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. And I want to ask you, where's Edo Japan been all my life? Because I've eaten there three <laughs> times this week, and I say, this is a place you walk away from, and you don't feel guilty about eating there. It's yeah. healthy. It's and delicious. healthy. It's unbelievable. Love Edo Japan. Moving on to point two. The BC Lions were tested but hung on for a 17-12 victory over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Quarterback Nathan Rourke threw for 250 yards with two touchdowns for the Lions. WestJet. WestJet was back in flight last night for the BC Lions. The victory moves them into a tie with the idle Calgary Stampeders for second spot in the CFL's competitive West Division. So watched a lot of that game. It wasn't as exciting as the first game. And I have to apologize because there's a lot of comments coming in from our viewers, but we have a lot to get to. I'll try to get to your comments later. It's going to be a full show today. On Football Friday, I see uh, people are scorning the Lions for poor attendance. It was 16,000 and change at BC Place last night. 
they're going the right way. They've got a good team. They'll be fine. Four and one. I saw Marcus Sales running his mouth. The Lions players saying they're the, I think he said they're the best team in the beast in the CFL. Yeah, settle down, Marcus. But, and I also see uh, Matt Baker, my spirit animal of BC, their social media guy and their website guy, saying, you know, basically pipe down about the crowd. He goes, we are appreciative for those that are here. We keep playing like this. The place is going to be full. And Matt's right. So do you have any thoughts on the Tiger Cats falling to 1-5 and five and the Lions going to 4-1 and one and at least one of their players saying they're the best team in the league? Yeah, and they got a case. I mean, Nathan Rourke coming off the bye didn't have his best game. I mean, he was, what, 250 yards, I think. A couple touchdowns, a couple interceptions. Um, you know, he got to clean up the picks, obviously. But he had the big 33-yard touchdown pass to, to Lucky Whitehead. That was a, a, another good one. To show that they can come off the bye week and still play good against the Hamilton team that, you know, was pretty hungry. They need some wins, right? So um, I think BC's fine. I don't know if you, you can't call them the best team in the league. You can't. You can't call them the best team in the West right now until they beat Winnipeg. But on the attendance side, it's really difficult because they've got a little buzz in that town. But when you have some buzz and then, boom, bye week, people forget about you. And then a little buzz because you're winning and then, bang, bye week. It's really tough to get some rhythm going in terms of connection with the fan base. So that'll happen over time, especially if they keep winning. By the way, I can confidently say the Rod Peterson Show is the CFL's number one podcast. The numbers don't lie. So I'm just putting it out there. Where's the marketing people on that? Where's the marketing department? Oh, it's me and Darren? Okay. How about that? I do want to read a couple texts here from the crowd. Todd in Red Deer, Alberta, writes the 902 line. He says, first of all, love the show. The consistency and level of each show is great. I was curious, as you've been in Calgary for a while, how frustrated are the Stamps and Flames with the lack of updated facilities? Again, really enjoy the show. Keep up the great work. They're past frustrated. They're despondent. And I, a lot of them have made the decision, Stampeders anyways, that we're never going to see a new stadium, a football stadium anyways, in our lifetime. I don't yeah. never is a long time. Uh, Terry Livermore watching in Calgary. Hi, Rod. You're exactly right about the Flames needing to go after Western Canadian boys. Even just Canadian would do. How about Chucky to St. Louis for Cairo Thomas and a high draft pick? I've been bedbound a bit lately, and Moose and you are my saviors. Keep up the great work. Signed, Terry Livermore. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. And we all think that Chucky's going to St. Louis. Back on point, uh, point three, Friday night football. Hashtag FNF. 6-0 Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the 2-4 and four Edmonton Elks. I would love to steal this, but I have, to take, I have to give credit to Mark Steven yesterday, the voice of the Stamps. Mark Steven, who said, the Edmonton Elks have never won a home game since they changed their name. Just... Putting it out there. Is that the universe <laughs> telling them they shouldn't have done it? Is that the football there's gods? Of, there's a lot of souls uh, underneath the turf. There's a lot of ghosts in that facility at Commonwealth. They need to do an exorcism and really put to bed the Eskimos, I think, and then say, you know what? Everybody's got to sacrifice something into the burning barrel, and you have to pay homage to the Eskimo. It'd be like, we're not dishonoring you, but we're moving on. Because it might not be a coincidence. 
I want to be there for that ceremony. I'm not going to be there tonight. I don't know if you saw the politician that was writing me on Twitter saying, hey, why don't you come up to the game tonight and then stay overnight and then go to the Sherwood Park Highland Games on Saturday and da 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 And I'm like, oh, don't I feel like the Queen of England being invited to these cool places and things. But something's come up. I have an appointment in Calgary late this afternoon. I won't be able to get to the game tonight, but I will be watching. And unfortunately, I think the Bombers are going to drop bombs on the Elks. Sorry, roadkill. And they'll cover whatever the point spread is. But I'll still be watching, and I think it's going to be good weather tonight in uh, Edmonton for the game. Uh, Point four, Jake Dolagala. Jake Dolagala will start a quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Sunday when they host the Toronto Argonauts. The Riders are still favored by two by our bet, betting uh, partner, our exclusive betting company, Bet Regal. I don't know if the odds makers haven't seen this or not. Who is Jake Delagala? Is he going to come out and be the next Jake Mayer and light it, the world on fire? Or, no, I don't know anything about the guy. I'm not a scout. But he's going up against Macbeth and the first place team in the East Division. So how do we feel about that matchup we probably shouldn't feel very good i mean i say we uh, because we're from the sweatpants capital but you know if you're a rider fan i wouldn't feel great one thing that's going to help is their defense has played pretty good they've got a good running game which has kind of came out of nowhere i remember you know when jeff reinbold came on this program after week one and said the riders need to find a running game if there's any criticism they have to find a running game they found one and they have one of the better running attacks in the CFL. So that will help take the pressure off him. And now it's up to Jason Moss. Can he pull the right strings, put his quarterback in positions to succeed, you know, really protect him? And can the running game and that offensive line do their part? Um, that'll be the path to victory for the Riders. Our Rough Riders coverage is brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Guys, tell Camco that we were talking about the Riders, and uh, we tied Bronco into it. Our rider coverage brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, the preferred plumbing, heating, and cooling company of the RP Show. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. I wanted to leave the final three minutes in this segment to talk about the National Football League because I saw this on Twitter yesterday. The NFL, this weekend, the players are asked to report, I believe it's this weekend, within the next week anyways, to their teams. And somebody said, who's your NFL dark horse? And I don't know. I told you about those voices I get in their head, in my head. These days they're telling me to do good things. And the first voice I had was, Denver! It's the first thing. And I'm thinking, do they qualify as a dark horse now that they have Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl winning quarterback behind center? I think they would qualify as a dark horse. They're the number one team. Just a voice came to me. The Denver Broncos are the number one dark horse in the NFL going into this season. Who's yours? For me, it's the Las Vegas Raiders as my number one dark horse. Um, I think, you know, getting Devontae Adams, the number one, I think the number one receiver in football. They say he's, you know, Green Bay was his best chance to win a Super Bowl. But I think, you know, Derek Carr has shown some great leadership abilities at quarterback for that team. They've got a good running game. They've got a great tight end. They've got some weapons there. Um, and Hunter Renfro is a great second option to take the pressure off Devontae Adams. I think there's a lot of pieces there for the Raiders to have a good chance at winning the Super Bowl and hoisting a Lombardi trophy in, in February. That is our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who is the NFL's dark horse team heading into the 2022 season? And the options are my choice, Denver, Moose's choice, the Vegas Raiders, 
or the third option, which we came up with, is the Miami Dolphins. And I'm excited that I'll be there this fall to watch the Dolphins live. I think they got a new head coach. They got a, well, the same quarterback, Tua. They have a motivated quarterback in Tua. They got Tyreek Hill there. They try to put all the weapons around Tua that he says he needs. So Miami's our third. Or is there a fourth? The other. And uh, one guy wrote in and said the L.A. Chargers is the Dark Horse team. So we might ask Danny about that when we come back. And I think we, we got less than a minute. Kyler Murray, point six, $230 million total contract here. Was it for five years? $46 million a season. Is he worth the money in your opinion? Yes. Not that his, you know, you stack up his dollars against other dollars for other quarterbacks. I don't know if that's going to pan out. But yes, because there, who else is out there? There's not a lot of options available. You look at trades. Jimmy Garoppolo has now been, you know, um, allowed to seek a trade from the 49ers. I would take Kyler Murray. So whatever it costs to keep him with your organization long term, I'd keep him. It's interesting. My cousin Christine in Medicine Hat says the Cardinals are the dark horse team. And they might be. They missed the playoffs last year. That was tied into the fact that Kyler Murray was hurt. And they're hosting the Super Bowl. I think there's a chance with a healthy Kyler Murray, that they could play in it and represent the NFC. They'd have to get to the Dallas Cowboys first, of course. Carlos in Indianapolis says the New England Patriots. And there's a chance of that, although we've got pretty lofty expectations for them with Mac Jones in year two. And the fact is, they are the Patriots. Here we go, BW on, uh, from Edmonton. My dark horse is the Panthers with Baker Mayfield as quarterback. He'd not even solidified as the number one guy yet. I'm pulling for Baker there, but he hasn't even won the job yet. That's probably the most interesting training camp battle in all of the NFL is the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers. Anyways, Moose, we'll see you later on in hour two, okay? Sounds good. All right, Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun and Herald joins us next. It is a football Friday, but with Rich Sutter joining us in Hour 2, live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino, you're watching on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Gorgeous, gorgeous city here in the foothills, and we are at Calgary's entertainment destination, our 16th week of residency at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. It is a football Friday. How about that? I'm very excited to welcome our next guest, Danny Austin, and I never, I guess I should look at your Twitter profile, Danny, for what your exact bio would be, but you're Mr. Everything at the Calgary Sun. Right now, a little bit, yeah, I'm uh, Flames and Stampeders beat reporter, so uh, come end of football season, I'll be moving uh, sort of on a more permanent basis towards hockey, um, but sticking with stamps for as long as I can. And uh, I don't know what that means for the future, but I am the Stampeders beat reporter with flames on the on the horizon. So do we say Post Media or we say Sun Herald? What do you want me to say? You can say whatever you want, Rod. But <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to be correct. Uh, I, you know what? We're here in Calgary. We should say Calgary Sun and Herald. I think that's Sun and Herald. Yeah. Okay, so. cool. And as you know, I do always say whatever I want, but that's got me in, <laughs> got me in trouble over the years. Or as somebody said, we're now the live golf of broadcasting, doing our own thing, and it's so much fun. So, you weren't watching football last night. You said you took the night off football. 
Yeah, I did needed you do something a, fun. What'd you do? Uh, went out with some friends, basically. Um, had a couple beers and uh, just kind of enjoyed my night. But good for you. Yeah, it was. You know what? This is a bye week for the Stampeders, but there's been a lot of, of flame stuff, so I haven't really gotten the time off that I might normally get on a bye week. So it was just. Uh, I decided. You know what? Stay away from the football. Don't engage. And yeah. Have fun. Have fun. Well, we're going to talk with Danny all things CFL and a little NFL uh, if you're interested. But let's just yeah, a couple things. I guess you obviously saw the scores of what went down last night. Did you get a sense that you were missing something, that you weren't watching those games? I mean, with that Ottawa and Montreal game, yes. Um, I then was very happy just because of some of the refereeing decisions, which I think has been an issue that's been plaguing the CFL all season. I, I don't know that it's ever been this this bad. Um, and I was sort of very happy that I didn't watch it so that I didn't have to engage with that. But no, the, the Lions game, I wasn't all that all that interested in, to be perfectly honest. It wasn't that exciting either. You didn't miss a whole lot there. And that reminds me, by the way, I want to ask our viewers their thoughts on this. I'm sure you heard. I mean, you're curious and you're a fan of the league too. What happened? And that was the command center overruled calls on the field. And to be honest with you, from Toronto. But they made the right calls. So the question is, so the correct call was made for that. So is that a right thing or not? Like my opinion is, why do we have refs at all then? Let's just have guys in a booth. It's, yeah, it, it's such a balance, right? Like, I don't actually have a clear answer on that. I, I think we want the calls to be correct, but also, I mean, we have to consider flow of the game. We have to consider, you know, ultimately there is a level of human error that comes into officiating any game. It's, I, you know, ultimately with baseball, as they move more and more towards sort of robot umps, well, I like the human error a little bit. I think it's part of the game and part of the fun and part of the drama, which is why we're doing this at the end of the day. Um, so, look, get the calls right. I ultimately think that, Potentially, we, we just need our refs to be a little bit better as well. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I feel like, let's write this down, Darren, and whomever. We need an officiating, su- uh, whatever, our Carrie Fraser to come on the show. Because I can tell you this. You, me, the fans, the coaches can say whatever the hell we want about refs. They don't care. No. They're, and- they're like cops. And, yep. <laughs> fair enough. I just I watched a incredible Stampeders Bombers game in Winnipeg, and to be honest, I think there were two or three calls that did ultimately. Particularly, there was a fumble that was ruled as an incompletion that the Stampeders would have recovered. I'm not saying that Stampeders would have won had the calls gone that other way, but I wish that the right call had been made because um, I know how upset the Stampeders were. I know they then can't come out and say anything because they're going to get fined. Um, so, hey, I can't get fined, so, so I'll say it a little bit. And, and that's fair. I didn't watch a snap of that game. Um, I was stampeding, I guess, as I was, my first ever. And game of the season. Good, yeah. So what I, why? Why was it? Um, I think those two teams know that they're the two best teams in the league. I don't think that, I, I, you know, I've been saying this since the start of training camp, to be perfectly honest with you, but uh, the Stampeders are right there. Since midseason last year, they are 10-2. and two. It's them and the Bombers. Um, with all due respect, Riders fans won't like me saying that, but it's a bit of a circus over there right now. Um, I called them the two big boy teams in the league last year, and I really feel like they are, and I think there is a little bit of animosity. Those two teams went in there with a point to prove, knowing the Bombers knew that if the Stamps beat them, that was a all of a sudden, the Stamps were number one, and the Stamps really, really wanted to get that win, and they both played hard, physical, clean football. Uh, the defenses are, are so good. I just I, I could watch Adam Big Hill all day. I don't think he gets talked about enough. I think he's a generational talent. He is. Um, he's just incredible. And, and Willie Jefferson, I mean, that whole Bombers team is incredible to watch, and is so good. But the Stampeders gave him a fight, and they gave him a fight in a good game of football. Um, it wasn't. You know, there was nothing wacky going on. It was just two good teams playing good football, and I don't think we always see that midsummer in the CFL. Well, here's another one. 
Write this down, Moose. The CFL's number one podcast right here. Also, maybe where CFL fans come to talk. Don, our Navy friend, writes in and says, The command booth killed the flow last night. And if I can speak on behalf of the officials, they're going to go, Do you want the call right or not? Because it was blown on the field, so we in Toronto looked at it and made the right call. So you want the flow killed or the right call made? Pick one. You know? And the other, I like the human error too, but when jobs are on the line, or as Jeff, the Stamps fans, written in and said the missed call gave the Bombers seven points. Oh, I think they won 26-19. Seven points. I know. So when it's deciding <laughs> games, it's a problem. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit on that. Look, I mean, I, I, I did think that, that that fumble was a fumble. Like, to be perfectly honest with you, Peyton Logan had a punt return called back. There was a hold on the play. I've, I've now seen the replay. There was. He was also hit square across the face, and I think there should have been a penalty. There were, there were some missed calls, but I think it, it, I don't want to get too preoccupied on that particular game because, honestly, it, it was a game worth celebrating. This isn't just me saying this. Uh, Jeff Hamilton said it might have been the best game of CFL football he's ever seen to me as we walked out of, uh, out of the stadium. So, um, look, I, I will say the flow of the game stuff, though, it's getting to me. There are games when I'm sitting there at McMahon Stadium and I'm sitting there at Commonwealth, and you have to have TV timeouts. There's no question. We need to fund this league. That's an important thing. But there are times in stadium where I do feel like, oh, this is dragging. This is dragging. Let's get to the fourth quarter where the fun stuff happens because those first three quarters can be slow. Yeah, well, but again, last night, the Ottawa game, as is in the Canadian press story, Lisa Wallace was the writer. She said the last minute took 10 minutes to play. Because of reviews and challenges. On Thursday night when people got to be at work in the morning, that's tough, right? It's not good, but I I wonder if you're the commissioner of the league, and trust me, we'll get back to the games in a second, but we are kind of talking about the games. How concerned is Randy Ambrosi? Because I've seen Gary Bettman, I've been in the press box at these NHL games where his head is about to pop off at blown calls. The league doesn't want it. I, I don't know what the answer is to this. No, and I mean, it may just be having a faster command center, to be perfectly honest with you. It may just be speeding things up. Um, you don't want blown calls. And the, the reality is, when you have a blown call, particularly one that impacts the, the game, it's all anyone talks about all week. And that, the CFL doesn't want that either. So I ultimately, as I think my way through this, you know, I, I gave my first answer, I do think ultimately getting the calls right matters. And, you know, teams put a whole lot of work into playing the game, and they deserve to have the right call on the field. So... Don, our Navy friend, writes back, and he says, I want the flow of the game and the human error. You're entitled to that. But when your job's on the line, nobody cares at the end of the year that it was a blown call that cost you this game in week six. What was your record? So the coaches want the right call, and that's pretty fair, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to 2019. This is going to be getting real in the weeds here, but I think it's why I'm, I'm on the show. Yeah. The Stampeders played the Alouettes. There were three three calls that were all sort of touchdown calls that all went against the Stampeders. They lost that game, ultimately in, in, in double overtime, I believe it was. I, that I don't remember, but there were three quite clear calls that I think went against the Stampeders that would have resulted in touchdowns and would have resulted in a win. They would have finished first in the West, I believe, had they, those calls gone their way and they'd won that game. So this stuff does matter. Right. They would have had a bye week. They wouldn't have been playing in minus 30 against the Bombers and getting crushed in that game. I'm not saying they would have won the Grey Cup, but it would have been a very different... Uh, Different result. Uh, Ted in Red Deer says, make the correct call. That's the point, isn't it? It is. And I think after the command center calls last night, the right calls were made. So maybe the CFL today isn't apologizing for anything. Nor should they. Yeah. The right call matters. I, like, yeah. Ultimately, we want the game to be played correctly and within the rules that are set. So the right call matters and get on the CFL 
for getting that right. We're, uh, we'll move on to a Stamps thing in a second, but I was listening to you on Fan 960 yesterday where you referred to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as chaos right now. What are you seeing from one province away? I mean, it's probably a little bit unfair for me as the Stampeders beat reporter. I'm always going to poke fun a little bit, and I acknowledge that, and I am poking fun. Um, I think Craig Dickinson's a very good coach, and I, I do want to, before I say anything else, I don't put it on him, but it does just feel like one thing after another with them right now, doesn't it? I mean, it's been weeks of this, and the Marino thing, which certainly was not handled well by anyone at that organization, and that's from the top right down to the bottom. I, I just don't respect the way that that was handled in any way. Um, but the Duke Williams stuff last week was pretty ugly. Uh, I, I will say on that one, I'm, I'm shocked by the CFL. Uh, I'm sorry, if you swing a helmet at a guy, it is more than one you game. You shouldn't be playing. You, you can kill a guy. That's not, an exam- that's not an exaggeration. So it just feels like one thing after another, and I'm a little bit weirded out by it because they're a good team. They're a veteran team. they got a lot of talent there. I absolutely think that they can push the Bombers and the Stamps, but you sort of watch it, and it seems like with the Stamps and Bombers, it's put one foot in, you know, put that brick, build something. And, and there's no distractions with those teams. They're, they're very, they're, they're very focused. And with this, the Riders, it just feels like that's not where they're at right now. But it happened fast, didn't it, for Saskatchewan? Because they were two and zero, and everything was great. And then their center got hurt. Big deal. It, like it is a it's big a huge deal. deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. So I mean, it's a very big deal that yeah. that happened, and then leads to your quarterback getting hurt. I mean, and Cody's not going to play this week, and I wonder when we'll see him again. I hope he gets back. Ultimately, I, I think Cody Fajardo has been proving some people wrong this season. He hasn't been perfect, but uh, I think, to be fair, I think Bo Levi Mitchell's the same way. There were a lot of people who were writing these quarterbacks off, and they've come back and done a great job. I just, with this catch one, just feels like a little calm and peace would be nice. Um, but I also do think, look, I cover the Stampeders. If the Stampeders lost Sean McEwen, they're a completely different team. Your center is one of the most important um, players on the field, so that cannot be discounted. So we, you know, I'm not writing the, the riders off, and I don't want to appear that way, but it's a little bit frustrating, to be perfectly honest with you, because they take up a lot of air at the best of times, and now their scandals, basically, it seems, are, are, are the only thing that gets talked about for most of the week. But there's been scandals going back to the Jones era and even before. It's not just this outfit, right? But I want to ask you something, because I, I think I know your take on the pandemic and COVID and so forth. Mark Stevens sat the voice of the Stamps in that chair yesterday and said, why are they moving the game back a day based on this line of thinking? If you had 10 guys break their leg this week in practice, we're still playing at the scheduled time, right? Those guys are going to the injured list. So how is a COVID-related illness any different than that? Why are we moving it because of COVID? Why is it so special compared to any other illness or injury? And I'm not saying you have the answer, but how would you answer that? Um, I would answer that by saying that this is what's been done in professional sports for the last two years. I mean, the Calgary Flames had a lot of games rescheduled because of COVID across the NHL, and it it does feel like we're in a very different era. You know, it feels like we've sort of come out of it a little bit. I have no idea. I'm not making a statement on that, but it feels that way, particularly here in Alberta. Um, But the reality is we're only a couple months removed from it being very normal to feel like games were getting rescheduled for COVID. So, um, you know what? Had they rescheduled it to later in the season? Had the they said, hey, the Argos, you got to give up that bye week. I would have been deeply critical of the league and of everyone involved. Players schedule their vacations. They schedule to go see their families back home. I would have been, I just would have thought it was asinine to do that. But they delayed it by a day. And the only people I really feel bad for in this situation are Riders fans who may have been flying in had, or, or, or right. drive, driving in, had a hotel booked. Uh, that stinks that you don't get to go to the game tomorrow. 
We've got plenty more to get to with Danny Austin. Stick around, everybody, from the Calgary Sun and Herald. We'll probably get some uh, hockey talk in before we let you go. And Rich Sutter coming up in Hour 2 here at the the, uh, Great Eagle Casino Stage Bar. We'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus Television, which is available on Channel 924 all across Alberta and BC on TELUS Optic TV. You're also uh, watching on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Going to jump into a sports update before more with Danny Austin. The Saskatchewan Rattlers edge the Guelph Nighthawks 84-81 at Sastel Center on Thursday night in a game with massive Canadian Elite Basketball League playoff implications. The Rattlers are now 9-8 with a game to go before playoffs while the Nighthawks fall to 8-9. And, and Sask and Guelph will meet next Wednesday in Guelph to close the regular season. All eyes will be on Edmonton wide receiver. Hi, Rich. Our hour two guest is in the building. Rich Sutter. Look at that. Hey, and they're cheering for him already, too. <laughs> I told you, hockey royalty here at the Great Eagle. All eyes will be on Edmonton wide receiver Kenny Lawler when the Elks host the undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers tonight. Lawler, who played for Winnipeg the last two Great Cup victories, starred in Edmonton's win over Montreal last week. That is Friday Night Football on TSN. And the Blue Jays have a big series to kick off the second half of the season. Kevin Gosman will be on the mound tonight when the Jays open a three-game series in Boston. That is your Friday Hour 1 sports update for Edo Japan with more than 160 restaurants nationwide. Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. Danny Austin is with us from the Calgary Sun and Herald, and you just said that you are now the Flames guy, as, as, along with the Stamps. Are you going to do both, or what? I'll, I'll do both. I mean, Wes Gilbertson is the Sun and Herald sort of lead guy, uh, but I'll be helping out sort of in, in the role that Chris and Anderson used to have, which is so it'll be, we, we split it, basically. But I intend on covering the Stampeders until Grey Cut. You get to interview Daryl Sutter. I do. I do. It's uh, one of the great joys of my life. Uh, it is... <laughs> One of the weirdest things is you grow up and you're, you watch all these you know, reporters try to interact with coaches, and then all of a sudden it's you. And all my buddies you know, from high school will just write me and be like, yeah, heard you on, heard you on SportsCenter getting roasted by Sutter again. And you're like, How uh, do you feel when you get those text messages? I, I laugh. I love it. I, to be honest, I, I have just all the respect in the world for Sutter uh, as a coach. And you know, he, uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a game for him, too. I, I, That's what I hear. Yeah. But so. we have the most well-spoken Sutter uh, Rich with us here at Gray Eagle coming up in hour two. But I can't get out of here without just getting your opinion on the Kachuk Gaudreau thing. And you had a very interesting take in the break. Would you mind filling our viewers in on the departure of those two? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about it. And I think that just as humans, right, particularly as sports media folk, we have there's a temptation to take everything and make it about something bigger. So you look at Kachuk wanting to leave, Gaudreau leaving, and you say, oh, is there something wrong with Calgary? Is there something wrong with the Flames organization? And I'm sorry, I just don't believe that it's true. Um, I, I honestly think that it is two individuals making individual decisions that they feel is best for themselves and their family. People want to say, oh, don't sign Americans. Well, let me take you back to last summer when 
Flames made a real splash signing a guy named Blake Coleman who happens to be from Texas. You know, people want to say, oh, well, the Flames can't, you know, retain or attract top talent. Let's go back two years when they signed Jacob Markstrom, one of the best goalies in the league. You know, this team does not have an issue signing these guys. It is specific to them as individuals. And I just don't think that there is, it's, I don't think it's a symptom of a, of a larger illness that is here in Calgary or in that so Scotiabank Saddledome. And before I ask you about the Stampeders, just, you know, the Flames, clearly if it were the season were to start today, they're not as good as last year with those guys gone. But it's July, what, 22nd. They're not done yet, right? They're certainly not done yet. Yeah. Um, and there will be debate, and trust me, there is debate about whether they should be trying to tear this down or they should be, you know, are they, are they stuck in the middle going forward? Are, you know, just the, the eighth to tenth best team in the West, and they'll get into the playoffs maybe and then get, get knocked out. And I think that's a real debate that's worth having. But um, you know what? I like watching Andrew Mangiapane. He's going to get first-line minutes now. Um, it, it's hard to look at that team and necessarily see where the offense is going to come from. Um, but... Two players do not define an entire franchise. They just don't. And Daryl Sutter did great work with a young group, you know, having them take sort of incremental steps. And I was on this, I guess it wasn't this stage. We were somewhere else in Calgary. But last year, and I said that the Flames were worse that mm. coming out of free agency than they were had been going in, and I was dead wrong, you know. So, um, I, look, it has not been a good summer. It's been a horrible couple of weeks for the Calgary Flames. Um, but I don't necessarily know that that means it's going to be a horrible future for the Calgary Flames. Right. They're, they're still, they might get some nice pieces back for Kachuk. Now to the Stampeders, the team which you cover daily, um, just yeah, on the CFL talk, Dougal Cameron in Calgary says, I watched both games last night. The officiating was infuriating in both games. Part of the problem is the top guys are older. Pruel should be gone for sure. Well, maybe, but he gets voted every year the best ref. That's why he always does the Grey Cup, Andre Pruel. So, He's we, had a rough couple yeah. of weeks, and you and I are the only ones who are going to say it. So. Yeah. He, uh, we covered this last segment, so I, I don't want to go back on it. Just hit rewind, uh, Dougal, and you'll get our thoughts on the officiating in the CFL right now. But with the Stamps, it has not been a good schedule. And I apologize to our viewers. I thought they only played one home game. I thought it was the Edmonton game. And Mark Stevens says, no, 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 week one, remember? The last-minute penalties field goal against Montreal. But that seems like a year ago, Danny. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, they've, they've had, what, two to five um, at home, one of which was a Thursday night game. Um, and August, I, they don't have any home games. They got this amazing game against Winnipeg that no one seems to be promoting or talking about. Um, but beyond that, I mean, they're on the road in Ottawa. I know they have a Toronto game they in Toronto and then a Winnipeg game. I mean, they're just not home very much. So I, I feel bad for the fans and I feel bad for the players a little bit because what this team is doing is, is pretty fun and pretty amazing. And I don't feel like people are getting the chance to see it or engage with it. Um, so I'd, I would like, I'm just going to make this point, I would like across the board for there to be from the CFL, from the Stampeders, from, from everyone. I, I think that there just needs to be a little bit more done to promote this team right now. For sure, and believe me, I agree. I have heard, and I told you in the break, I've heard nothing about the Stampeders in this town. And I was sitting there going, why, why did I hear more in the winter about the Stamps? Oh, yeah, I was hanging out with the football guys. They're all now working. So, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't see them. But that's not good if I'm not hearing much about the Stampeders because the radio station's all hockey, 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 hockey. QR, which is the Stamp station's mostly hockey, 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 hockey. How do you combat that? Because that's a... That's a steep mountain to try and tackle. I mean, I think you do it with investment, to be perfectly honest. I'll pay for it. Yeah, if, and I don't know whether or not that's happening. I don't want to speak on that too, too at length. But uh, 
I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm often the loudest guy in the room. For and, sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing my best, but I, all I dealt with was people from all training camp. It was media members from out of market who hadn't seen the Stampeders play, telling me that Bo Levi Mitchell was done, showing me his numbers from the right. last two years, telling me all this. And, and, you know, those of us who were actually there, me, Mark, Steven, Matt Rose, were sitting there saying, well, we're seeing him at camp. He looks pretty great right now. He doesn't look hurt. He's been hurt the last couple of years. That's why his numbers were down. I don't hear any of those people now coming in and saying, well, hey, we were wrong. Believe I Mitchell's great. But I do think that that sort of, that there was a negativity coming from out of market. And I, I think it seeped into a little bit how this team's being interpreted still. Um, when, in fact, they're 4-1, lost by a score to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the game that the Bombers reporters were saying was the best game that they'd ever seen. So uh, I, I really do think people should be paying attention. And it's not my job, but if no one else is going to do it, if you are a football fan in Calgary, even if you are not following this team closely, be there next Saturday for the, for the rematch against the Bombers. It is going to be amazing. McMahon, when it's packed, it's an old dump when it's not. But when it's packed, it's still an awfully fun place to watch a football game. And I, I would hope that, you know, we can, we can see 27,000, 28,000 people there uh, next weekend. Well, it's going to be the two best teams in the CFL. But is it, has it become a thing on Fan 960? Because the hosts now prod you where you say, I'm not going to do the marketing people's jobs. It's like every time you're on there, you say that. I pretty much Is that a running it. joke? Uh, I, I think they know that I hate it because I really don't want to say it. But I also, <laughs> look, I, I, I love the CFL, and I, I had so much fun there being in Winnipeg with nearly 30,000 people. Football's better when the stands are packed. I mean, that's the, when you have that community there, when people are getting loud, when people are trying to throw you know, the, the away team's offense off with their noise. So, you know, I... I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to sell it. And I, I, I do think, like, they know what makes me uncomfortable. But the reality is, like, honestly, if you've ever considered coming to a game and you're, you're you know, on the fence, next Saturday is the one to come to. Do you have time for one more segment? Yeah. Okay. Danny Austin, one more segment with us. And then Rich Sutter live here in Hour 2 from Grey Eagle. It's a Football Friday, Hour 1 on the RP Show. And you're watching on Game Plus TV, perhaps YouTube. And you can always catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Live from Cowtown on a football Friday in hour one. This is what we would normally be calling a taco time viewer takeover. However, um, no, it's Danny and I taking it over. We're not done yet. And uh, I wanted to say this. Friday Night Football tonight, Elks and um, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's not the game of the week, but it should be an interesting game. I will read a couple of viewer text messages here from Ward in Winnipeg. He says, happy Friday, guys. Poor Paul Lapolice. I saw your tweet about the game. Nobody wants to win it. Never a dull game with Andre Pruel as the head ref. Go Bombers. Have a good weekend. Signed, Ward. What's your take on Paul Lapolice and the 0-6 Red Blacks? Football's about wins and losses. And uh, I ultimately, again, did not watch the game last night. Um, So I, I... I think Paul Lapolis is a smart football mind, um, but there, I mean, CFL.ca um, had, had, the, had the Red Blacks ranked 
above the Stampeders yes. after week one. I, I, I tweeted that out yesterday. I mean, the expectations were higher. And while I don't think that you need to or should fire Paul Lapolis, I know that football is a results-based business. And uh, if things don't turn around in a hurry here, I, I have a hard time seeing uh, it, it, it go ahead the way it is. I mean, Kahari Jones got let go when that team was, what, one and two? At, at 0 and 6, 0 and 7, it, it starts to become a question. And he's not the GM's guy. He's not Sean Burke's guy. So yeah. it's unfortunate what losing does to a team. I hate it. It rots it. It makes friends enemies. You know, it's well, brutal. And I will say that of those six losses, you know, a lot of them are games that the Red Bucks could have won. I mean, they could very easily be four and two or three and three. I, I'm not going to go back through each, each game, but um, like this is not necessarily a, a bad football team, I don't think. I don't think anyone would be surprised if they turned it around and, you know, one or two plays start going their way and they're in the playoffs. But. Uh, so, again, I am not calling for Paul Appelese to be fired. I just, it's hard not to look at it. I didn't think you were. Yeah, we just, we kind of know how these things go. Uh, by the way, in hour two, we will award our winners of World Juniors tickets uh, for the tournament coming up in August. We have the winners, so no more entrance, please. We'll be talking hockey with Rich Sutter last, uh, next hour. And I do want to talk about the Sutters with you for a second. But just with the criticism of Bo Early but it's not happening anymore because he's proved them wrong. I think he likes the fuel, though. There's no doubt. I like haters. They get me out of bed in the morning. They motivate me. I'm sure they motivate both. I, I absolutely think they do. And I think everyone here, you know, who plays close attention to the Stampeders, the argument was never that Bo was good last season. The argument was he had a pretty serious shoulder injury. He had a fracture of his leg early in the season. So he underperformed based on some physical issues. And I think... If I was him, I would have been super annoyed having to read all these media guys saying, Bo's done, Bo's done. It's like, well, no, I rehab my shoulder. I feel great. My leg's not bothering me. Let's go. Let's see what I look like healthy. And we're seeing it right now. I'm not saying he's MOP right now, but I certainly think he's in that sort of top five. And, you know, beat the Bombers in these next two games coming up, and he's got to be part of the conversation. Well, but the MOP is Zach Laris, to be clear. Covering the Stampeders must be a little boring in a way because there's no drama, there's no scandals. Same with Mark yesterday. You've never had a COVID flare-up, like nothing. Huff just runs it all. It seems like a Swiss watch. That's what it looks like from the outside. Yeah, I mean, and, and also I think that they go after a certain type of player. I think they want family guys. I, I genuinely think that they do uh, look for personality. And, and, you know, people who cheer for rival teams are just going to shake their heads at me um, for saying that. I'm sure, you know, we always villainize our, our, our opponents in sports. But it's very similar to when I look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and I say, oh, they get guys who hold themselves accountable. They get guys who hold their teammates accountable so that the coaches don't always have to do it. That's what they do in Winnipeg, and that's awfully similar to what they do in Calgary. Two top teams in the league. Lastly, I just I chuckle. I'm going to tell the viewers, when Rich Sutter walked in, cheer went up here in the casino. I didn't hear one for you, but you're not a Sutter. They're royalty in this province. As huh? they should be. I mean, look at what they've <laughs> accomplished they in their careers. Yeah, I no. mean, that's, a, that's an incredible family. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things I always laugh at with Daryl is you'll have a whole press conference where he's giving you one, two-word answers, and then he gets on about the ranch, and he just he's, he's rather the most poetic man you've ever heard when he's talking about it's hilarious. His, his ranch. Just so. to watch your feet, my friends mm-hmm. in the Florida Keys say Jimmy Johnson, because he's down there all the time, they say, Jimmy, if you ask him about football, won't say a word. Ask him about fishing? Can't shut him up. Right? 100%. And yeah. that's very much Daryl. And look, I mean, the Sutters, they've been here for a long time. I, I think that they are proud Albertans. And what Albertans love more than anyone is someone who's proud to be from Alberta. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Danny. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you it. Have a Cheers. great weekend. Thank you so much. Rich Sutter, Hour 2, come up after this break on Game Plus TV. 
Have you subscribed to The Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.